guessed it, Pressure Points, with your two circumcised hosts. I'm <laughs> damn it, I couldn't do it. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, season fucking two, episode 13. Let's try 13. it again. Let's just try it again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm keeping that in. I just want you to know. <laughs> Let's try again. <laughs> no, we can't. We already fucked it up. <laughs> you just gotta cut that. <laughs> you cut it. I'm gonna close my eyes, and you have to look away from me when I okay. say this. Okay. 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 Won't... This is gonna be the best fucking intro we've ever okay. done. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm gonna cover my mouth and look away. Let's go. You guessed it, pressure points. With your two circumcised hosts, I'm D, this is AJ, hitting you with season two, episode 13 the munchy mondays find us on instagram and twitter at points o pressure whip it out let's get fucking ready do you know how hard it was i don't think that the listeners have any idea how many fucking takes we just had to do on that? Oh no, intro. they do. I'm yeah. keeping those in. Oh, you're just gonna keep three them on takes. <laughs> God, Jesus Christ! Pure gold. <laughs> I uh, was not expecting that at all. You, you truly know how day. to keep the spice in the relationship. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say. I, I certainly keep you, keep you on your ball, on your balls. <laughs> on my balls. So we are back again after some crazy coronavirus bullshit i know we keep promising that we're not going to talk about it in an episode but how can we not what you got for me well i started writing these notes at about three this morning so they are grade a definitely not spelled wrong top tier oh yeah so i was actually listening to another podcast and one of them made a great point about this whole coronavirus thing also for people in the future listening to this we did record this ahead, so there's a good chance that all of this is way more accurate than I even know. <laughs> so we're we're telling the future right now. Just yeah, so you guys know. Let's see. Hopefully, it doesn't, but it doesn't go this way. But they kind of pointed out the fact that this whole coronavirus thing is taking away our personal freedoms. Like the government comes out and says, "Hey, you person who owns that business, yeah, fuck close. you, you're shutting down." Like, yeah. and then they're saying, "Hey, you know, don't do gatherings, don't leave your apartment." Don't leave your house. Just they're they're definitely starting to encroach on the personal freedoms. Mm-hmm. And as an American, oh fuck off! I can't stand for this type of communism in my country. Why? You I love mean, communism. I love communism, but I want McDonald's too. Why can't I have both? <laughs> you can. It's just our McDonald's. Yes, and it has horse meat. Yeah, more horse meat, like Taco Bell. Yeah, a ton of horse meat, like Taco Bell. So, I, and then I, I was just thinking, I was thinking, and it was 3.30, I was driving, not with my eyes, not on the road. It's all, The roads are already dead, plus the virus. So, it, I, I could have just gone hands-free that entire drive. I would have been fine. <laughs> and I was just thinking what we were living in now versus the true utopia that could have been if Bernie Sanders had been elected <laughs> instead of Trump, and how well this could have been handled. Yeah, really, though. 
It probably wouldn't have even happened. This is, yeah, probably. <laughs> probably. And it's, I also hate that anytime there are these moments of strife, the federal government does bull fucking shit. Like they're trying to push through a bill that will get rid of end-to-end encryption natively. Oh, I know. And they're doing it secretly. Yeah, they're, they're doing just it really sliding secretly. it through because people would be pissed. I'm pissed. I I already don't trust the end-to-end cr- encryption that comes with stuff. So like I'll be fine because I, I already I use third-party things to do end-to-end yeah. encryption. But the fact that uh, that people just don't even know that their own personal freedoms are being stamped on. Well, and on top of that, it's harder for people to even hear about it because they're working from home. Yeah, you can find it on social media and everything, but if you're sitting around coworkers, you would hear a little bit more about it. If you're out in public, you hear a little bit more. Yeah, you, right you're not now, even able to do a protest. Yeah, and you aren't even able to find it on social media because everybody's post- posting about fucking coronavirus anyway. Yeah. So it's hard to find that encryption shit that's going on. I was actually going to get your opinion on this a couple of days ago. I'm pissed. Yeah, I don't blame you. And it's, I it's blame spooky. the memers because now memers have to work from home. So they're posting <laughs> way more. They're posting such better content. It is better content, but it's a lot of content and drowns out some of this oh, yeah. bullshit. Scary. So I kind of went on a rant Spooky. on my own this morning mm-hmm. just about that stuff. All right. And, you know, and I'm just pissed off that people are like, yeah, go ahead. Take away my personal freedoms because the government says they'll take care of us. Shut down your <laughs> restaurant because on their word, their totally trustful yeah. word, they'll say, Super oh, we'll give you, a, you know, millions of dollars in loans that you have to pay back to us Yeah. for for uh, expenses that we are causing you i mean i it's okay i appreciate the quarantine stuff <laughs> like definitely let's let's get ahead of this thing hopefully it worked by the time you're listening to this hopefully the the curve is flattened and and it'll be okay but and if it hasn't we really hope that none of our listeners specifically have died any other listeners anybody yeah. else listen to other podcasts eat a dick yeah but, but ours specifically I hope you're yeah. alive. You don't have to be conscious. Yeah, you better just be just able to be playing, yeah. just downloading. <laughs> yeah, as long as you can hit play, that's and all your, that matters. You're you my can't hear it over your wheezes. That's <laughs> all right. As long as we get our numbers. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's it's just crazy. It's from two weeks ago to now. Mm-hmm. It feels like a completely different world. Seriously, it feels like the early days, like the prequel to 1984. <laughs> this is the slow change that now we are we are saying to the government okay we're not gonna we're not gonna protest if you say shut down all of these restaurants because big brother's making the right choice and they'll take care of us people are putting so much trust into the federal government it's bonkers this is the prequel to 28 days later it's 14 days later so by the time this comes out it will be 28 days later i'm disappointed in you all the zombies Let's, All the zombies. What if everybody who died from COVID came back to life in their mass on graves? Easter. Oh my God! That's what we'll do our episode. Zambles. On. Zambles. Zoombobs. We'll update you on this totally real thing. <laughs> so obviously, I I was trying to find content this morning because I I wasn't super ready on some of my other topics, and I went to the natural escalation of things where I covered the Great Chinese Famine. Of 1956 Ooh. through 1961, caused right. by basically caused by government. <laughs> yeah, that's that's about it. <laughs> Just caused by the government. Yeah. 
So have you heard much about the Great Chinese Famine? Not really. I know a little bit about it, but not a ton. I know that they had it. Was that during the same time frame that they were like limiting what types of religions could be practiced? Oh, hardcore, yeah. Okay. That's that's hardcore. The extent of what I know. There were actually, I think, three or four (laughs) Great Famines in China in the 1900s alone. Jesus. So I'm covering the 1956 to 1961 famine. Okay. Because at this time, think about, you know, UK, Europe, and the United States during 1956 to 1961. They've recovered from the war for the most part. Industry is booming. Fashion is going crazy. People are out and about going to restaurants and stores and spending money. The economy is going pretty well. You you have some little hurdles like, oh, where when is it? I think Korea was sometime around here. Yeah. You know, like some, I don't think we ever figured out from the last episode when <laughs> the Korean War was. <laughs> I know it was before Vietnam. <laughs> <laughs> it was between World War Two and Vietnam. I'm pretty now sure it was Now who's the here. Forgotten War, huh? Huh, Vietnam? No, now, no, the now Forgotten War is the war between the U.S. and the Philippines in 1901 to 1903. <laughs> I thought the Forgotten War was Vietnam. Everybody remembers Vietnam. Well, they do now, but at the time, wasn't it? At the time? What time? Before Vietnam or after Vietnam? That was after the Korean War. <laughs> oh, oh, that makes sense. <clears throat> All right. So some a fun little tidbit here is the CCP, the Chinese Communist Party, called it the three years of natural disasters. <laughs> natural disasters, huh? Then they updated it and said the three years of difficulty. <laughs> what is it? Do they have a third, a third revision? Is there a third star there? There should be. A third asterisk. <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, Mao, who was the, yeah, chairman, you know, Chairman Mao, the chairman of the dude, of the dude, of the CCP, prohibited private farm ownership and and punished anybody who tried to say, no, this is my farm. It's been in the family for generations. Just whip them, kill them, throw them into a labor camp, like whatever. He just, I like to imagine that he walked up and he just said, no, that's selfish, this is everyone's farm. And then he just beat the shit out of him. Pretty much. That's pretty much how it, how it would happen. So in 1958, so there was already some stuff going on in 1956. It wasn't really like fully going until late 58 to 59, uh, from what I can figure here. So in 58, Mao started the Great Leap Forward, which was a social and economic campaign. <laughs> I love that everything back then starts with the great it's exactly. just like, we swear it's a good thing. It's like, no, it wasn't. We know it wasn't a good thing. Yeah. The The entire idea was, let's get China within four years to catch up to the United States' economic and social development in oh. four years. <laughs> oh, God. So, you know, they had to drastically change everything, really take control of the situation. They They wanted to reconstruct the countryside into a thriving communist society and produce huge surpluses of food and, you know, bring tons of industry to the countryside where it used to be, where it was just peasants and villages. He wants a Walmart, but like with no money and grain, (laughs) grain fields as far as the eye can see. And, uh, everybody has their own steel furnace in their backyard. And then they would be producing this steel for mother China. The party. Yeah. It's, it was entirely unrealistic. Most of the things Mao did was not based in reality. Like, he didn't have a bunch of statisticians around saying, 
how realistic is this? You just said, this is what I want and we're going to do it because I'm the chairman of a communist party. Because Papa says so. Exactly. So, yeah, it was completely unrealistic and people immediately began to starve. And we'll go into that a bit more in a little bit. Uh, Most of the local officials blamed natural disasters for this. Like, they they wouldn't say, yo, Mao... The plans that you have us doing, the things that we have to do because you're telling us to, are stupid and not based in reality. They say, it was a dry year. Oh, That's God. why we didn't produce as oh, much God. grain. It's so Mao, just a famine. It's not our fault. Yeah. Mao uh, distrusted the intellectuals. And that led to a bunch of different like crop experiments that had absolutely no chance of, of working. My favorite one is densely packing seeds. He thought if you have grain, (laughs) plants won't compete against the same species of plant. They'll just share. (laughs) So they would put two to three times as many seeds in the same area that a, a, you know, an average harvest would, or the average uh, field would be able to support, Mm -hmm. which would then create a whole bunch of shitty little plants that are just dying and competing over the same resources. Yeah, they can't thrive. At the same time, he pushed for deep plowing, which plowing up to four meters into the earth to mix everything up because only the most fertile soil is deep (laughs) feet into the earth. So they would mix it, and then all the dry, like, deeper soil would come up to the top and ruin the fertility of the field. (laughs) God damn it. This guy sounds like he knows exactly what he's doing. Yeah, you can definitely tell he was a farmer. Then, using big brain time, what makes plants grow more? You get manure and fertilizer. Water. And water. That's true. Now, how to get plants to grow more? Use more fertilizer. (laughs) So they would just pack fertilizer into these fields, and it would just just scorch the soil. Just kill any effect, any of the plants. Oh, my God. Then he would have these huge irrigation products to bring water to the drier parts of the country especially because they did have some droughts around then and he probably thought you know what i bet that these plants would love some really acidic salt water so let's feed them some ocean water i can guarantee that that's what he was doing close oh he did not trust the engineers oh god so the irrigation projects were completed with no engineering no no uh, educated engineers on site at all in their plans <laughs> so it's like mao says hey i want 70,000 gallons of water to be sent to this area one of his people in the you know on the board the chairman you know one of his advisors says yeah we can do that we can just put some pipes in and then that goes down to the local officials. The local official says, here's a bunch of pipes. Here you go, peasants who are already farming day and night. Can you set these up because go we set can't these give up. them to engineers? I need 70,000 gallons of water oh, here. God. And you need to assemble this pipeline. And they're, they're, they were not formally educated. They were yeah. peasants. And they actually called them peasants. Another one was the four pests campaign. Peasants is just a fancy word for slaves. It is. <laughs> it is. Especially it's, in this term. They're, they're not they're not slaves. They're great. They're the greatest slaves. The great slaves. The great slaves. We'll just call them peasants. Yeah, it's easier. So the four pest campaign is was a campaign where they basically told everybody 
hey, you see these these sparrows and these birds? Kill the shit out of as many as you can. <laughs> Why? Because they eat the seeds. So oh, you kill okay. the birds, uh, Yeah. you have more seeds to grow into grain. Make sense? <laughs> I mean, yes, but when you know how like an ecosystem works, <laughs> not so much. Yeah, so he didn't. <laughs> It's like, and it's like saying, oh, yeah, we should just kill all of the wolves because they hurt the cute little animals. It's like, no, you're going to throw off the fucking ecosystem. Yeah. So that's that's exactly what happened. The fields were just covered in rats and vermin because <laughs> none of the big birds would eat oh, them. Oh, I love it. They kill the vermin and the birds come back. Yeah. He's <laughs> a stupid asshole. That's great. And then they, they also uh, – because you couldn't own your own farm, there would basically be these communes. Which are always always work. Every commune has always worked, where you just have all the peasants living in one location, and then just fields as far as you can see. There's no no village anymore. They bulldoze the village, and you live in a bunk bed, <laughs> and turned it into a another field. Yeah, originally because this is communism, they were oh, if you work on the commune, you work in the farm, you can eat as much as you want from the the goods that you produce. So at the beginning, it was great. All these peasants and people were able to just eat as much as they wanted. And then the food ran out. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing gets shipped out because they're all fat fucks. Everybody was afraid of Mao and the Chinese Communist Party. So they they kept reporting back after each harvest that everything was a a success. In reality, it was a complete shit show. But they always said, oh, we had... We exceeded our goals that you set, your unrealistic goals, by 25%, by 50%, by 100%. Because if they got Mao's attention, he would actually come and visit them. And it was like this huge honor. But the the commune leaders kept saying that they were producing up to 10 times more than they actually were. So the food supplies were actually sent to the government because they weren't actually producing oh god any food it it got to the point where they were producing almost nothing so they just had to go into their own personal food stores and they just started starving jesus (laughs) god damn it at this point preparation just not done well whatsoever the execution is flawless though these uh commune workers were forced to work in horrible conditions that are very similar to concentration camp conditions. Nope. No way. I mean, no. They no, got not limitless in food. China. No way. No. Everybody they only had to, to do one hour wanted. of work. They weren't slaves. They were just peasants. Yeah. They were fine. great peasants. Great peasants. <laughs> God. Yeah. There's no way they were sad. When you yeah, overwork no. people and give them as much food as they want until it runs out, mm-hmm. they're always going to be happy. A lot of these com- <laughs> the commune like officials were realizing that everybody was starving and they tried to do like side projects to maybe bring in more money to trade for food not money but to you know trade for food so they would actually do forced marches to other like villages and towns to do work orders for some of that town's grain but there's not much of there's not much grain anywhere because all of the farms have these Dumb agricultural laws that they have to follow. And all these plants that aren't going to grow. Exactly. They grow horribly. And yeah, they they would actually, it got to the point where they were just sleeping in the fields. You would spend your entire day in the field and then you would sleep in the field and then you would wake up 
and spend your entire day in the field. And and that would go on for days before you would go and get food. Jesus. I mean, it sounds similar to what, like, I've seen is currently going on over there, is that people will, like, literally work themselves to death. They'll, yeah. like, work to the point of exhaustion, fall asleep on the road trying to go home, go back to work and work themselves to the point of exhaustion. And then it's just, like, their body's just, like, fuck you. I'm just going to die instead. Yeah. Your batteries are out. <laughs> Replace them like the pigeons. So Mao was doing tours of this countryside and he was when – when he visited, the communes would go to other fields that they knew he wasn't going to visit and individually pick up the plants and like uh, transplant the oh, stalks Jesus. into the fields he would be visiting to make it look really good. <laughs> and like he's going to be at this field, this field, and this field. So all right, start walking. Yeah. Everybody just bring one plant back because these things have to survive until he leaves. Jesus. Something, something I found, I found some reports that I love. The soil was so bad that the farmers would actually bring their blankets and mattresses out and put the seeds in the blankets and mattresses because it was better than the soil. And then once <laughs> it started growing, they would bury those. God. Just to show you how horrible yeah, the soil really, they though. made it. And, you know, at this time, there there were droughts and floods, depending on the region. Yeah. Which could have been mitigated with actual engineered irrigation systems, but fuck engineers and intellectuals. Yeah. You don't need that. Fuck anyone smarter than me. I'm right. You're wrong. Exactly. That's that's the entire, the entire um, attitude <laughs> I get from Mao, at least in, in the terms of this. And I found another little a little tidbit at that time in a lot of those in that region is very similar to what uh, Soviet Russia did to the Holodors, the Ukrainians. They made it illegal to put starvation on a death certificate. What? So they would have to put natural causes just to skew the numbers. Yeah, just to Jesus. say there's no famine. They denied this. <laughs> they denied there was an entire famine. Just wait until I get into the numbers later. Oh no, I'm excited. <laughs> it's great. Uh, I mean, it's not great, but. So this is when I stumbled across some propaganda oh, where they I love I love I, propaganda. I love it. It's my favorite thing. So they it's a picture of a few people standing on a wheat field. Mm -hmm. Not in it, on it. The wheat <laughs> was so dense that it supported their weight. What? Because Mao's rules were working so well. Oh god. When in reality they had to transplant all those stalks from different fields and then they put a bench in there that's so. kind of what i was thinking is that they were standing on yeah like what the fuck no i mean way. it's really dense wheat if you have it a field really like that dense. like that's pretty that's pretty good but it's about that six fields worth yeah i'd be surprised if that's like if it yields anything <laughs> yeah i'll post this on the instagram later it's later yeah remind me to post this on the instagram when this comes out i will in a forget. couple weeks yeah you got it yeah but uh, if it, i'm not dead by then yeah, if we're if we're still alive, but it's it's crazy. They they sent that to Mao to try to get him to visit. Oh my god! I think they were hoping that he would like be more lenient to him. But really, whenever he sees stuff like that, he said, "More grain." He's like, "You should be producing higher numbers." Yeah, send me all of that. Yeah. Then they say, "Oh shit!" They're like, "Son of a bitch, <laughs> we fucked up." Uh, another thing that during the Great Leap Forward was kind of moved into play was anything that was viewed as feudalistic 
was abolished. No weddings, no funerals, no festivals, no markets, no gatherings, essentially. So, a quarantine, yes. So he made all of them become Jehovah's Witnesses. Yeah. He <laughs> Except took without away knocking doors. the meaning of their life, which, just like Jehovah's Witnesses. <laughs> Similar to Jehovah's Witnesses. It, yeah, a lot of it was they just lived in the field and that's it. That was their that was their life. There wasn't you couldn't be sociable with people. You couldn't go play poker with somebody. You couldn't there's no money. You couldn't go play cards. <laughs> you go you play poker with like wheat. You know, go see a movie. You couldn't go out and do anything. You're in a wheat field day and night. Somebody dies, there's no funeral. You just dump the body somewhere. <laughs> God. <laughs> underneath you're like if we dump the body underneath this really bad dirt, maybe that will help them grow. It probably would have. <laughs> it would have. So starvation was hitting hard, and people always, as they always do, became violent and desperate. It's a recurring theme on this show. <laughs> people get hungry, and then they start killing. And then they either start eating somebody or they attack them. Yeah. So this... Uh, hold on. I gotta. I wrote this one really weird. I got to interpret this. 3AM AJ just didn't know what the fuck oh, he yeah. was doing. No, not at all. So this, these areas hit hardest by the famine had more deaths per capita in places where food was produced than any other famine ever. Huh. Normally, if you have a famine, the farms and the food producing areas are hit less. Yeah. In this famine, they are hit harder. And I'll explain why in a little bit. I was going to say that's interesting. Yeah, because you'd think you could just walk out to the field. Yeah. Like... You, the distribution network would dictate that more food would be closer to the source, and then as you distribute it, there'd be less and less. Well, and on top spread, of that, right? yeah, they were able to eat what they produced. Were they not, or did that did that rule go away? Well, they weren't producing enough to meet the surplus, oh, I see. so they were dipping into their own food stores. Okay, that makes sense. So millions of farm workers at this point were actually forced away from the farms. They're like, ah, oh, we're producing enough of a surplus. Let's take away millions of farmers to work in steel and iron production, which just stressed the system more. I didn't actually put a lot of a lot of information about the steel and iron production, but I'm gonna I remember part of it and I realized okay. it'll be good to go into. They actually did they would install shitty furnaces in people's backyard, and then they would be required on a weekly to monthly basis. When the officials rolled around, you need to get out your you know, designated amount of iron or steel. So people would be tossing in their oh, pots the and pans, yeah. their, their, anything in their house that they could because there weren't mines in all these places. Yeah. They were just expected to go out to the soil and know how to extract <laughs> iron. <laughs> they weren't even necessarily educated on how to do that. Plus that would take <sighs> so much work to get a, such a small amount that most of the pig iron that was produced during this time period in China was completely worthless. <laughs> so, Jesus but they had a ton of it. Yeah, but, but it was just mixed metals. It. it was garbage. It, it were you know tempered metals that they just melted together. Yeah, just a bunch of shit that's a bunch been of melted. garbage. Oh my god! And then they did open up a bunch of mines, which killed more people because can't <laughs> mine on an empty stomach, you know. Oh God! It's a great time to be alive here. In Dude, China. You're in 1950s to early 60s China. Mm -hmm. So then then I kind of went into, I want to talk about the, the illusion of superabundance. Nowadays in capitalist societies, we have the, the illusion of scarcity. Like diamonds are, are believed to be the super rare material. 
but there's tons. Yeah, no, they have a shit ton. They of have them. so many. I that feel like they I could be like cheap and affordable. A lot of it is the whole idea of supply and demand. If if diamonds weren't so rare, then they would all just be a dollar each. It's yeah. Like, no, they're just a hot ticket item, and they have a ton of them. But, but they trickle them out. Yeah, slowly. they just trickle them out so that your dumbass goes and buys one. No offense. Oh, I didn't buy one. Oh, you didn't? Good. No. I would. I like to imagine that you got a blood diamond. I'm sure I did. My parents <laughs> bought it. Oh, okay. In what the nineties? Yeah. So I'm sure. Oh, that yeah, that's right. I forgot. I forgot about that. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. They had the the illusion. Well, Mao specifically had the illusion of super abundance. They believed that they were producing at a huge amount, and as everybody you know lied them or lied to them to make it seem like that. So then Mao would say, let's sell off a bunch of this grain. Oh, God, no. You say you have this much? Ship it all to us. <laughs> and then they're, oh, shit, we only have half that much. Fuck, fuck, fuck. Fuck. <laughs> let's start killing. Yeah, really, though. And <clears throat> it, was, it was a huge issue. But it was also kind of a, there's kind of a catch-22 with it. Because at the same time, Mao also was known to have known about some of the cannibalism that we're going to start talking about here soon. Ooh, cannibalism so like, again. I like it. Yeah, Monday Munchies. Oh, yeah. They So it, it seems like he acted as if, it, like he put on the the play, you know, to the rest of the world saying, oh, we have tons of superabundance and we can produce all this, knowing that he's killing off a bunch of peasants who he didn't want in the Chinese Communist Party anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I actually have a, a quote when there is not enough to eat people starve to death it is better to let half of the people die so that the other half can eat their fill and this is pertaining to taking all of the grain and distributing it not on geography or need but on mao's own choices of who gets to eat <laughs> does he just have like a list pretty much he, <laughs> so they they had horrible distribution networks they weren't laid out very well at all. A lot of them would break down. But a lot of the starvation could, in theory, have been negated if they were able to distribute it. They, there's also a, when it was hitting hard, they or towards the beginning, the Chinese Communist Party put out a statement saying, if you're a worker in a farm, you should have two meals a day, one of them soft and liquid. <laughs> Water. Water with, with dirt in it and a little bit of grain. A little oh, bit of flour God. with dysentery in it. Oh, uncooked flour. <laughs> yes, uncooked flour. <laughs> so the distribution was based on cultural, ethnic, and political details. So if you were a high-ranking Communist Party member, you'd get the good grain. Always. If you were a peasant farmer, you would get no grain. If you were living in big cities because they wanted to industrialize, you'd get some grain. <laughs> if you were three grain anything other than purebred chinese you would get no grain murdered yeah lynched (laughs) horrible like and and if they just distributed it even if you want to go the the completely impossible just equal distribution a lot less people would have starved yeah almost none of the people would have starved and especially if they didn't sell off tons and tons and tons of it you know they, they wouldn't yeah they would have had they actually would have had a bit of an excess Jesus. compared to, you know, selling it all. So 
obviously, tons of widespread horrible uh, cannibalism. It was actually known as the era of cannibalism. The great era of Sorry, the great era of cannibalism. AJ, God. The, uh, so Mao, it's suspected Mao knew about the cannibalism because he specifically tried to cover it up. I was going to say, if he did, like, he would have either, one, ignored it, or two, covered it up. Yeah, a lot of the documentation that does exist about it is locked in an archive, and it it won't come out unless the CCP falls like Soviet Union. Yeah. Falls like the Soviet Union. Oof. (laughs) Uh, But some of it did get out. Some people were able to get a lot of that information out. A lot of this information I get from, I'll, I'll post a link. It's on a an interview from somebody who was in one of these communes. Jesus. And he was he was he or she, I'm not sure, were talking about it. The documentation when there was a, you know, investigation into an unlawful unlawful death and it was a known as a special case, you basically knew it was cannibalism. They were considered special cases at this time period. But you just like starvation, you couldn't put cannibalism on there. Natural causes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> God. It's natural to starve to death and let somebody else eat you. Naturally, we ate him. <laughs> so there, there's a couple or a couple of reports on this um, in this interview, but I only had one really quick one that I wanted to share specifically. It was a starving man whose wife passed away. He buried her. Uh-oh. Two days later, dug her up, ate her. Oh, God. There he wasn't, were... He wasn't burying her. He was just helping her cook like yeah, a lion. Seasoning. bury a pig. Yeah. You just, he put a bunch of hot coals in there. He just didn't tell anybody about it. Perfect. It's like pulled pork. Pulled long pig. <laughs> pulled long pig. That was um, her name, too. Pulled long pig. <laughs> uh, oh, no. That's going to come back and haunt yeah, you. Yeah, that's going to come back to me for that's sure. That's fine. Yeah, fuck it. Another, I'm not going to survive another two weeks. Yeah, so. exactly. We're going to die anyway, yeah. so whatever. So sue me. So sue me. <laughs> another interesting thing this person mentioned was they denied engaging in cannibalism. I would too, whether or not I did. Pussy. So I'm not saying, you know, at this point, 60 years later with a wife and kids, <laughs> you know. Yeah, we ate your grandmother. Oh, we hung out with your grandma yeah. a lot. She was delicious. <laughs> She was I mean, a delight. Delight. She was a delight. <laughs> there were actually people in these camps, in these communes, who were given extra grain under the like under the radar to harvest parts of the bodies. Oh, I thought you were gonna say to fatten them up, and I was like, no, I no. could see that. So they they would drive trucks, and part of what they would do is transport some of the bodies out. But they would basically just make a stop somewhere, and. These, these people were so thin. They were, you know, full-grown ad- adults who were 80 pounds. Yeah. This was concentration camp level skinny. You can't – there's nothing to eat there. <laughs> so they were actually paid grain to crack open their sternums and take out the heart, the lungs, and the liver. Ugh. And, you know, ditch the, the GI tract. Yeah. And then give that meat to – It's it's not entirely documented where that food was going, but – it suspected it went to the commune members, it went to, or the leaders, anybody who had the power but was also starving, not yeah. enough power to get out of there, Yeah, would pay these people to harvest the organs Jesus. of deceased people. So this Good guy Lord. specifically mentions that he met one of these people and saw some of the corpses of the skin was just flayed off the chest. It was just open and the organs were missing. Good Lord. 
Wouldn't I mean, you, you got to make so a. Here's gotta, my question. I don't know much about like how healthy parts of the human body are to eat, but wouldn't like cooking skin be an option? No. No, that's just like imagine. Have you have you ever cooked with like pork belly with mm. the skin still on? Yeah, where it gets like really like. I mean, I was really it off, tough. But yeah, it's it's like cooking a football. That's fair. And eating that. Like, there's there's not really a lot of nutrients at this point. If you're kind of fatty, then you can cook the oh, fat God. and the skin and oh, God. be a bit better. That's me. Fuck. Yeah. And now I'm looking at your shirt, <laughs> which you wore on an episode a couple weeks ago that says, I'm into fitness. Fitness taco in my mouth. Yeah, baby. My uh, mom made this You look me. like a taco. Yeah. I've got a big old... Cannibalism. Uh, a big old circumcised taco over here too. Oh, <laughs> better than a sausage casing. Yeah, genital mutilation oh, taking yeah. on that controversy oh, yeah. here. That's the pressure point for today. <laughs> I like that it's called that, and we never do anything like that. I did just mention eating skin. Oh yeah, that's a. I guess that's a pressure point in today's society. No, no, no. I was talking about a circumcision. Oh, skin. yeah, with with your teeth. Fry up, fry it up. No, no, you just so. use your teeth. That's how they used to circumcise them. Have you seen those videos? Uh, no. Good. <laughs> I don't watch there that. There are videos kind of, of rabbis biting the foreskin. I've heard about it. Yeah. But I haven't watched it. All right. Uh, let's <laughs> not get. Different let's, episode. This isn't going to. Google's not going to let this one post. Yeah. We're going to run into it again. And now, where am I? All right. So <laughs> read the interview with a link. And another interesting thing is apparently there are cookbooks. That exist from this era on oh how to God. cook people. Did they have my uh, my like finger salad, chicken yes. finger salad, swamp water you salad? Stole That's it. what it was. Damn it, yes. I knew it. I knew this. I knew you would fact check me. I did. And you would find you out it wasn't it. original content. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's definitely original content. I, did you did you get to read any of the recipes? Please tell I've, me they had like human bone. I broth. wasn't able to find the books. Oh. Under a very quick, I was also at work when I was writing these oh, notes, so I couldn't look into it a lot. Somebody but just walks on a like, previous AJ, why are you reading about harvesting human <laughs> organs? Uh, it was already bad because I kept asking people how to spell cannibalism because it was so early <laughs> I just couldn't. <laughs> they just, kept... I didn't realize until like an hour later why they were giving me weird looks. Next time but... you should do it just to the new people. Oh, definitely. Just ask new people. It's like. Hey, how do you spell cannibalism? And then just like, hey, have you ever heard of like a Chinese cookbook that might or might not involve recipes no, involving no. humans? No, no, no. I'll say, uh, thank you so much for your help. You're delicious. I mean, delightful. <laughs> and then oh, just walk away. It. And then yeah. just awkwardly walk away. Like, just keep looking over your shoulder every once in a while. Mm-hmm. So on a, on a previous podcast I've listened to, it was years ago. I don't even remember who it was by or what what the topic was, but they mentioned some of the recipes in there. It had like different stews and soups oh and barbecue and and <laughs> what uh, the fuck? I've got to find this now. <laughs> like rice based recipes. We're just gonna have an episode. It'll be like a a little special, and I'll just sit and read the recipes. Yeah. The pressure points Albert Fish sponsored <laughs> special, as read by. D. D. <laughs> uh, it's it's super fun. Uh, a lot of these people, the people who wouldn't eat corpses, 
and kill people to eat them would try to eat bark, dirt, grass, anything. In fact, the uh, the people, it, it's theorized that the descendants of these people are of the survivors can di- more readily digest leaves and bark oh, than God. standard human beings, than normal people, because the people who were able to digest and get nutrients from it were the ones who survived. I don't want to know <laughs> what it's like digesting bark. Oh, that's going to be... I mean, it wipes on the no, way out. <laughs> Free colonoscopy. Yeah, but it also bleeds on the way out. <laughs> It may wipe up what's remaining, but it's not. Yeah, you've got permanent scarring in there. Oh, yeah. Speaking of internal scarring. Mm -hmm. Are you flirting with me? (laughs) So let's get to some numbers here. Yes. Just just for funsies. So what was it? What was Nizino Island? Is it 6,000 people and 4,000 of them died in 13 weeks? Yeah. You get the Holocaust, which is 6 million Jews. Which didn't happen. Which didn't happen. Couple of million other homosexuals and uh, ethnic races and cultures and things like that, which came to like it's estimated twelve to fifteen thousand or million. Thousand. I was like thousand. Get the uh, fuck out of here. Twelve to fifteen million. You get Stalin, who during the just his entire reign, we have no idea, but God only knows. Tens of millions. Yeah. So just during nineteen fifty eight to nineteen sixty one, we have. 36 million fully preventable deaths. Oh, my God. And another 10 million from things not directly starvation. Jesus. 8% of these 46 million deaths were just from torture. What? Yeah, the uh, the commune leaders and the Communist Party would just, and the police, the military, would just say, oh, you're not pulling your share. No way to quantify that, but... Let's torture you for six hours no, until no, no. you die. They didn't call it torturing. They called it tenderizing. Re-education. <laughs> tenderizing. Uh. <laughs> no, it's, it's... Soften uh, this meat up. Yeah, Excuse about 8%. Me? Isn't that just wonderful? God, that's so 8% through of all, all of this, those. Through sleeping were... in, the she- in, the, in the fields, forced marches, working, starving, cannibalism, you're also just getting tortured for no reason. Oh, God. And then your buddies are going to eat you after you die. Yeah, because you're nice and tender. Yeah. It's, well, I yeah. mean, at that point, you probably wouldn't even have any muscles left. It's just... Yeah, it's just... Now everybody just has to worry about bone shards picking out of their <laughs> teeth. You make a nice little toothpick. Floss while you eat. That's what that <laughs> propaganda picture was. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> so, grain production dropped by 70% by 1958, two years into this. Whoa. So it lasted for three more years. Jeez. The causes, you know, after the fact, were determined, not by China, but by a a separate independent group, that the cause of this famine was 30% natural disasters, 70% (laughs) (laughs) man-made. Oh, God. And yeah, people, like, they they covered this up and denied this, that this even happened for decades. Surprise, surprise. Yeah, and then you just go to a, a peasant village... And you find people who have evidence of starvation and you say, hey, what happened to you? And they said, oh, yeah, you know, the famine, the great famine from the great leap forward. The greatest of famines. Oh, yeah. I guess I should talk about how it ended. But yeah, only maybe. (laughs) My favorite part is that, you know, you messed up when you don't want to go back and like fix your mistake and you just deny you ever made a mistake. Mm -hmm. Well, in about 1961, Mao said the great leap forward was a success. Oh, God. 
God. Let's stop it. And the famine ended as soon as they stopped the great leap forward. Let's stop it. Oh, God. This is so successful. We don't need to keep doing it. Perfect. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. So they, they denied it for years. It came out, you know, with Nizino, it's easy to nail down how it came out because it was one group. But this just investigative journalism and archival records and a whole bunch of stuff. But, yeah, it eventually saw the light of day. Hmm. Uh, regardless of the propaganda you see, they still <laughs> they still deny it to a point because, you know, it's the great difficulty, the three-year natural disaster or whatever yeah. it was. Oh, God. You know, much like our podcast, we've been so successful. This is our last episode ever because we have been so successful. Yes. Sponsored by Pure VPN. Yeah. Check the link in the description. <laughs> we've definitely been crazy successful and we're never going to do this again because we've done so well. Mm -hmm. If you don't use a VPN, you're uh, spoon feeding your NSA agent <laughs> your own data to be sold. Yeah. Uh, we should, you know what we should do? We should put together like a little, I don't want to say kit, but something that's like, hey, download these. No, if, if this bill goes through, those wouldn't even. We'll do some links. We'll do an entire episode on it. Yeah. All right, they'll work. We'll we'll talk about Signal, which yeah, you should use I, for everything, say, like uh, even if you're not buying time. drugs. Yeah, uh, Proton <laughs> Mail for your email, uh, VPN. You want to use Tor, mm -hmm. but like, don't search any of them. Just download them. Just download them. Yeah. Don't Google search any of that shit. Uh, yeah, you got anything else? You got any other well, was that not enough for numbers? you? No, I want more. Give me more, more, more cannibalism. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. The liver is a succulent, succulent part of a starving body. Really? Yeah. If you were to it's like... high in iron, which will help your red blood cells. Interesting. Because you're literally eating the place where you form red blood cells. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Can't well, not it. entirely. It also filters. It does a whole bunch of stuff. Kidney beans and rice. Kidneys and rice. <laughs> and uh, grain. Yeah. Well, I mean, in some cases, you might not even have to make rice because you've already got kidney stones in I was going to say dirt. <laughs> yeah. You just cut it open and use the kidney stones instead. Oh, oh, I do have something. Oh. I do have one more thing. This was just by a popular request that I tell a, a quick story. Mm-hmm. Uh, weeks ago, we talked about the sleepy shadow spooks or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Talking about some of the sleep phenomena. That's something that I've wanted to cover since the first episode or since the first season. But the entire point was I have horrible sleep experiences and I didn't mention any of them on that episode. God, I was going <laughs> to say, I know we've talked about a few, but. Yeah. So at the request of Sweet Tea, he wanted me to tell you about my horrific childhood. <laughs> In relation to just awful dreams. So I had a lot of ear problems growing up. I was born deaf and had some surgeries and stuff and got that fixed. Fluid buildup and all that. All that fun stuff. But for some reason, I would... Before I would go to bed, my ear would make this really specific noise that I can't replicate. But it's like a... But quicker. Twice as fast. Hmm. And just my right ear would do that. Was it my right ear or my left ear? I don't remember. My left ear is the bad ear generally, so left ear, let's say, and it'll make your that noise. Your right ear is your dominant ear? Yeah. <laughs> so if, I, if I'm if i laying in bed in the quiet and I hear that noise, I would know, ah, oh shit, here we go again. I'm going to have a nightmare. <laughs> and there was nothing I could do. Like, I tried for years to just to try to stop it, but 
nothing, nothing I would worked. do. I think it's related to to pain. Like maybe I wasn't aware of the pain because it was so oh, normal. Yeah. But in my dreams, it was making these horrible dreams. I have no idea though. Interesting. Another really weird staple that's that stayed with me for years was anytime I had a nightmare, which was almost every night, it would always start off the same. I, at the time, living in my grandparents' basement, when it started, it was a like a u- not a utility room, but it definitely wasn't supposed to be a bedroom. It had like <laughs> Just cold, a cold tiles on the floor. And like anytime I put my foot on there on the tile, this was your room. Super cold, yeah. And there, were there like meat hooks on the walls as well? Uh, everything was white, including the tile. The sink and the was, drain in the middle. The sink was my toilet. Yes, <laughs> and my shower. Exposed piping. <laughs> I think so. It's been a long time. Oh, I love but it. But the dreams would always start the same. It would be, I would hear something under my bed. It would crawl out from under my bed this was grandpa this wasn't a dream it was oh no (laughs) it was a skeleton so i'm i'm really young at this point like i I don't know if i saw a skeleton young god-fearing kid too i I was yeah i was i was a hardcore mormon up until the age of six and this this was probably like to just to show how bad these dreams were i i had these dreams when i was like three and four i don't remember anything except the nightmares yeah and they were, yeah, so it would crawl out from under the bed. And I remember hearing the bones like scraping Ugh. and sometimes it would bump the bed. So the bed would shake just a little bit. Horrible, Oof. horrible stuff. And then he would stand up and I called him Mr. Skeleton because I'm a creative child. <laughs> and he would, Skeleton. he, he would just look, goes, it's Dr. Skeleton. <laughs> and he just goes angrily back under your bed. <laughs> I'll come back tomorrow when you get it right. When you get some respect. <laughs> But he's he's standing next to my bed and looking down at me. And, you know, he's a skeleton, so there's not a lot of emotion there. Yeah, he's just looking. Just looking like down at me. tilted, smiling. Then he says, it's time to have a nightmare. Ooh. And I'd be looking up at him, and I'd say, okay. Because for really years, not. I tried to fight, and there was nothing. So when when I would fight, it would do the slow motion kind of dream yeah, thing. Yeah, you just couldn't hit. You where you, I would hit. Slow. I remember feeling it, but it was like it was underwater. Yeah. And for a long time, I remember that like the finger bones stabbing into like my back when he would grab me, and into my sides. Ouch! And and then he would take me, and put me under the bed. Jesus! And then he would crawl in after me, and then I would have my nightmare. Good <laughs> that Lord. wasn't even the nightmare. Yeah, really the fuck. So as the years went on, it it changed to just giving up. <laughs> I wouldn't even fight. I'd say okay, and then he would pick me up. It, it was always more pleasant when I would just give in because yeah. he would just pick me up and set me under, crawl in, and then I would have the nightmare. He would put you under your bed? Yeah. And would you wake up under there? I don't remember. Oh, okay. I would usually wake up crying in my parents' room. Jesus. Or actually mostly my aunt's room. <laughs> Good Lord. I mean, Because like, she lived with us. and um, That's just – it's wild to me. Like it, it's crazy because when you really think about it, nobody genuinely remembers like three and four years old. Yeah, like, no, definitely Nobody not. can really recall memories. It's a memory based on yeah. a picture or yeah, something like exactly. that. Yeah, exactly. But to remember something so vivid like that, it's just like – like people are always able to recount those things when it's traumatic. Yeah, it was fucking traumatic. Yeah. Do you remember any of the nightmares after that or it was just because that was like a nightly ritual you remember it? I remember a handful of them. Mm-hmm. They were generally what you would expect from a kid. Like there was one about – I was really into Egypt – when mm-hmm. I was young. 
So sometimes it would be like a pharaoh ghost. Oh. Or like an Anubis ghost. Those were I hated the Anubis things because they moved like the skeleton. Yeah. But they looked like Anubis. It, it was... I had a lot of Egypt-based horror dreams, but I loved it. I loved learning about Egyptology. I wonder if you liked history. learning about it so that you could understand what the fuck was going on in your dreams. <laughs> right? But at the same time, I was four... Why would I know anything about pharaohs, like, blue pharaoh ghosts, and me. pyramids? Like, yeah, obviously, I would be exposed to the cult, to it culturally in some ways. But how but would not I know? As in depth, yeah. Like the the physio or the anatomy of a skeleton of the skeletal structure when I'm four. Your your dad's just always walking and holding one of those skeletons. Meet Mister Bones. <laughs> Mister Boner. <laughs> Mr. Bone, Dr. Boner Dr. to you. Dr. Boner. He went to 10 years at Boner School. <laughs> I love it. But, yeah, I mean, I yeah. always had really creepy dreams, too, when I was a kid. Yeah. Like, sometimes I would dream about, like, lobsters coming out of the <laughs> toilet. Or, like... Like a, Zoidberg? Like a crab being in the house. It was terrifying. Yeah, honestly, you are terrified of crabs. That's honestly, why you're so close to them now. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> I still want to get rid of them. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah. So much scarier than your experience, honestly. Yeah. That's, Have you that's seen true. a live lobster? Have you seen one? Yes. Without, like, not in a tank? Yes. Well, fuck you. They're scary. Because no. I haven't seen one. Because <laughs> they're so scary. Because they're so scary. <laughs> oh, I had another one. I always would think that there was a man in my room. Not the yeah, skeleton. Separate from like the skeleton. like a skeleton. He lived under your bed. Separate from the skeleton. Like, he would always hang out. It was, it was really weird because this was something that I did not – I'll tell you, I don't remember this from childhood. How it happened is I – we went back after we moved out years later and I just kind of looked in the room. At that point, it was just full of boxes. It was just a storage room and that was – I think that was when my grandparents moved away from that house and I looked in there and I immediately got that cold – like the feeling I yeah. just You're put like, my bare uh, foot on the like tile, it. that cold to the core. Yeah. And I just got the impression that there was some dude standing in there still. It was and just that the triggered skeleton. the memory of getting ready for bed, hearing the ear thing, and feeling like there was somebody in there and that there was somebody under my bed. It was just a skeleton packed in different boxes. Yeah, definitely. One bone for each box. <laughs> One bone at a time, baby. <laughs> yeah, so there's my childhood trauma. Yeah, I love it. We'll have we'll have an episode dedicated to that. We'll have Sweet Tea over, too. To <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe he'll it. trigger my, my uh, memory. <laughs> hope not oh god i love it Ugh. well uh yeah thanks for tuning in listening to some more spooky stories and some more cannibal stories of course uh as usual find us on instagram and twitter at points oh pressure we will probably be slightly more active now that now that we're quarantined start yeah now that we're quarantined um but yeah Always feel free to reach out with episode ideas or if you have feedback. Stories. Yeah, We stories. love talking about stories. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, keep oh, yeah. an eye out. On the on a closing note, I was talking to some people who listened to the episode today, and we have more people experiencing the worst sleep paralysis of their oh life God, after listening to our episode. We're going to have a follow-up episode. <laughs> we're gonna, I'm going to have you – we're both going to smoke some mugwort. And Ooh, then we'll do another spooky, sleepy story. Oh, yeah. And you can That'd share your experience. Well, both experiences. We'll go Hopefully. over those. Yeah. This will give everybody something to look forward to while we're in quarantine. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next time, suckers. I'm hungry. <laughs>